0: You're listening to the Crossroads Grace Podcast, a podcast of Crossroads Grace Community Church. To learn more about our gathering times and ways you can get involved, check out our website at crossroadsgrace.org.
1: Welcome to Crossroads Online my name is Heather and I am the Next Gen Director and this is Dan Chapin our new high school and young adults pastor we are going to be sharing the teaching today and we're so glad that you have decided to join us and we're so honored that you tune in for a service during this busy season. If we can help you in any way, our chat hosts are available for you throughout the entire service. And as you take in the service, please know everything we do, we do with one thing in mind, and it is this, to lead people to discover Jesus and follow him fully. If we can help you take your next step on that journey, we want to do that for you. Hope you had a Merry Christmas and that you'll have an even happier New Year. Dan?
0: You know, speaking of a new year, Heather, uh, We have learned a lot of new phrases in 2020. We learned phrases like social distancing, flatten the curve, and shelter in place. But honestly, one of my most favorite phrases that's interesting from 2020 is the phrase dumpster fire. And it refers to our situations that we might be going through in life. If you don't know what dumpster fire means, I encourage you, ask your teenager. I'm sure they could fill you in. But here's what I think it it means. A dumpster fire is a complete mess. It's just a pile of trash that's totally on fire in a massive dumpster. You see, it's kind of like that one Christmas when Uncle Eddie made a surprise visit and it was a complete dumpster fire. Or that time you helped dad cut down a Christmas tree out in the middle of nowhere, that was a complete dumpster fire. Or that Christmas dinner where you uh, overcooked the turkey, man, that was just a complete dumpster fire. And yes, I know, those are Christmas vacation movie references. But when things look look like they couldn't get any worse, here comes the dumpster fire. Now, I hope you had a Merry Christmas and that it wasn't a total dumpster fire. Many people, though, they look back on 2020, and and let's face it, guys— It feels like a complete dumpster fire. It started off with impeachment proceedings. Then a pandemic with two weeks to bend the curve. Then a month to flatten the curve. Then seniors and and eighth graders and college seniors and high schoolers are attending their graduations online through screens. And then we had racial tensions. And then then we just needed to to get to the summer because then all of a sudden the virus disappeared, right? Well, let's sprinkle a little some of that uh, civil unrest in there, and possibly the worst California wildfire in history, and to top that all off, a less than friendly presidential uh, presidential election. But wait a minute, Heather, there's more. That doesn't even compare to the killer Japanese bees found in Oregon. Who knows what's next? After all, the year is not over yet. It's been a complete dumpster fire. Well, I'm sure it probably wouldn't take long for you to remember a time that uh, was a complete dumpster fire. Heather, do you have a story that you could share with us?
1: Dan, um, actually, you're right. I do. Um, I had a really dumpster fire of a Christmas one year. So picture this. It's 1988. I live in Hayward, California, and 25 of our closest family members, so this was obviously not 2020, 25 of our closest family members, they're in our house and our home was not even 1100 square feet. All of the men on my dad's side of the family, they're all over six feet. My dad's 6'5", my uncle was 6'7", my grandpa's 6'4". This is probably how our 11 year old is already 5'10 and wearing a men's size 13 shoes. So, We're in this tiny two-bedroom, one-bathroom house. My parents actually converted the living room to a bedroom for my brothers. And my older brother definitely lost a snake in that house that we never, ever found. Long story short, my brothers woke me up at 2 a.m. to eat all of the candy from my stocking. I've always been someone who has really appreciated their sleep and does not respond well to being woken up so early just to eat sugar. Needless to say, I did not handle the 2 a.m. candy feast well. I felt nauseous and sick to my stomach all day long. I stayed in my Christmas PJs all day long. Now, kids and students at home, you know you love PJs all day, but usually for holidays, I would at least get dressed. I felt so sick that I couldn't even figure out that my Aunt Margie and Uncle John had bought me a hula hoop as a Christmas present, it was literally a hula hoop wrapped in foil with a giant bow on it. But I was so out of it from not feeling well that I couldn't even figure that out, which is actually pretty sad for a nine-year-old. I didn't eat all day long. And then finally, during present time, my stomach (laughs) starts welling up. And you guessed it. While everyone was opening gifts, I was throwing up my 2 a.m. candy splurge in the one bathroom for all 25 guests at our house. Bottom line, for my nine-year-old self, it was definitely a dumpster fire of a Christmas. And well, hopefully your Christmas wasn't a total dumpster fire. But what's interesting about dumpster fire moment is a few things. One, you will always remember them. Two, there will always be something to learn from them and three yes you can find some hope amongst them but we need to do one thing to find hope in the ashes you must dare to believe that hope is there so many people are just waiting for 2020 to be done I can't wait to put such a horrible year behind me but why do we think 2021 is going to be any different from 2020 Just because our calendar moves one digit doesn't mean our lives are going to change. Our circumstances may change, but our hope can be experienced. We must believe hope is possible. What if we told you that there is a hope, a hope that is stronger than a terrible year, a hope that we can dare to have no matter the circumstances? What if I told you that you can dare to hope not just in 2021, but also beyond 2021? The only way we're going to get through this coming year is to dare that hope is there. And the first way you can dare to hope beyond 2021 is to put your hope in Jesus' presence. Let's dive into a few verses from the book of Daniel. But first, some background info. So we have Nebuchadnezzar, who was king over Babylonia. In case you're wondering, and you're a VeggieTales fan, I'm referencing the episode titled Rack, Shack and Benny with the bunny song. You know, it's like the bunny, the bunny. Oh, I love the bunny. I can't really sing, but that song is still stuck in my head like however many years later. Okay, so back to King Nebuchadnezzar. So he made an image of gold over 90 feet high, over nine feet wide, and then he demands that the citizens worship it. He was actually using the worship of this image as a test of allegiance. And if you didn't worship the image at the appointed time, it was basically considered treason. The command was backed by a powerful threat. If you didn't fall down and worship the image, you would be immediately thrown into a fiery furnace. There was almost a total and immediate response to the king's command, except for three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these three men, they were brought to the king, and the king asked them if what he was told was true. Did they not bow down and worship the image? Now the king would not tolerate losing face on such an important occasion. And his pride actually led him to say, you shall have no other gods before me. But the three men responded, insisting, well, we will never worship the image. They had no need to defend themselves. They even knew that they were guilty. These Jewish men showed a good understanding and appreciation of God's great power. In fact, they knew that God was able to save them from both the burning fiery furnace and from the hand of Nebuchadnezzar himself. They also had a good understanding and appreciation of submission to God they knew God's power but they also knew that they must do what was right even if God did not do what they expected or hoped for him to do in great faith and without any excuses the men continued to refuse to bow to the image enraged The king had all three men thrown into the furnaces, a furnace that the king had heated seven times its normal temperature. In fact, the furnace was so hot that it killed the men who just brought Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the opening of the furnace to toss them in. And here is the craziest part yet. When the king's counselor looks into the furnace... Not only did he see the three men tossed into the furnace that they were surviving and walking around when the others had died at the door, they also were no longer alone and there was a fourth man with them. Let's take a look. Daniel chapter three, verses 25 and 26. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. You guys, the fourth man, that was Jesus. Jesus was literally with them in the worst trial of their life. You see, Jesus doesn't just help us through the fire. He is present in the fire with us. It took seeing God's people in the midst of the fire with their savior for Nebuchadnezzar to eventually acknowledge Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God as most high. In other words, hope came to Nebuchadnezzar when God's people lived out their hope in him. They followed through what Paul asked of us in 2 Timothy 2.15. To stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you. You see, I literally had to paint this and put it up in my house. So that every time I walked through the living room, I would be reminded of the hope we have in Christ because he remains a good God regardless of what our days and our weeks and our months look like. So we put our hope in Jesus's presence. And for a period of time in my life, I was not remembering this well. And if not, he is still good. That is in Daniel chapter 3. You see, I was waiting for a miracle, One that still has yet to come. And in my waiting, I forgot. The painting is a daily reminder that sits in our family room that he is still good. So put your hope in Jesus's presence. He doesn't just help us through the fires. He is present with us in the fires of our life. Dan.
0: Yeah. And the second way we can dare to hope beyond 2021 is by putting your hope in Jesus for life. Putting your hope in Jesus for life. You see, we all tend to hope for better circumstances. We hope our aging mother doesn't get the virus or that our jobs would be stable and secure for 2021 or that we could go back to school and be there in person But the problem is, hoping in better circumstances is actually, it's one of the weaker forms of hope. Circumstances are always changing. Whether politics, schools, the economy, and our health are constantly changing our circumstances, and we have no control over it. So what happens when the circumstances that we hope in falls apart? It is at this point that we need a deeper hope. We need a hope deeper than our circumstances. You see, you, to see what a deeper hope is like, let's look at Hebrews 6 18 and 19. It says this We who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Now, that passage is talking about Jesus as our ultimate hope. And the passage, as it's talking about Jesus as our ultimate hope, uses two images to help us understand how he is, our hope. And the first image is that of a protected city. You see, it says, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us. That first image is like a protected city. When it says, we who have fled, it, it, other translations like to say, we who have fled for refuge. And the Greek wording is, it's kind of interesting here. It gives us an image of people running from a city under attack by a great enemy and then running to a greater city for protection to find refuge. You see, God knows we have hopes that are under attack all the time. He also knows that in many cases, that hope will crumble with the right amount of pressure. So, how do we have a hope that won't fail when under attack? How do we survive when what we hope in fails? Well, we flee the old form of hope, which is hoping for greater circumstances. And we instead run to a greater hope, the greatest possible hope, which is Jesus Christ. You see, hope in your circumstances, they're going to fail. But that's nothing compared to the ultimate crisis you will feel if you don't have your hope ultimately in Jesus above every other kind of hope. You know, a a wise man once told me, he once told me this, you can hope in better circumstances or you can run to the one in charge of your circumstances. You can hope in better circumstances or you can run to the one in charge of your circumstances. Let's look at verse 19 real quick. We see the second image that shows up. It says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, as an anchor for the soul. This hope, as an anchor for the soul, it's firm, it's secure. This hope that the passage is talking about is, is like an anchor. It's, it's like, think about it this way you see, a boat, you see, for a boat, an anchor keeps the ship from drifting into danger. And no matter how choppy the surface of the waters are, the anchor beneath holds the ship steady and in place. This is kind of like our life. Despite the shifting waves and circumstances of our life, Jesus is the strong anchor. He's the greater anchor holding us steady. Uh, This past year, my parents uh, lived in a disaster zone. They lived in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And during the pandemic, their community got hit with not one, but two hurricanes, one of which was a Category 5 hurricane where they had wind speeds, get this, where they had wind speeds of up to 150 miles an hour. And what was left was total devastation. There were massive 100-year-old trees that were snapped like toothpicks, and there were some homes devastated completely beyond repair. And there were even small communities of of 30 homes that were literally blown away by the storm. It's such a storm. Where is the hope? Well, one of the churches, remembering the hope they ultimately have in Christ, in their community, they decided to put up this particular sign. They started to make these signs, many of them out of the debris from the hurricane, and the sign said this, all is well. All is well. You see, people in the midst of the worst hurricane in the community's history, back-to-back hurricanes, dared to hope. But they they, they can't just put their hope in anything. They had to put their hope in something greater. They had to put their hope in an anchor of all hope, which is Jesus Christ. You see, when Jesus is your hope, when he's the anchor for your life, no hurricane can defeat it. No fire can consume it. No circumstances can change it. No matter the danger facing us in 2021, Jesus is there. And ultimately, he's the person that we can put our hope in, not just in 2021, but beyond and for all eternity and for all of our life. Here's the deal. For 2021, we have a challenge for you. And it's this challenge. We dare you to have a deeper hope. We dare you to have a deeper hope. We need you to have a deeper hope in Christ as present, as an anchor, an anchor for your life that will never change despite the changing circumstances around you.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Hope, hope is found in tough stuff. It's found in sifting through the hard parts of life. But remember, Jesus is with us as we walk through what might have been one of the worst years of our life, but he's also with us as we walk through what might have been one of the best years of our life. But what if we dared to hope deeper? What if we dared to put our hope in Jesus? I dare you. I dare me to have a deeper hope a hope that's found in Jesus' presence and a hope that is only found in him. Dare to have a deeper hope. Write that down. Get a tattoo if you need to. Paint it on a board and put it up in your living room if you must. Don't just let hope go in one ear and out the other. We need to learn to fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. In a few minutes, we're going to have a chance to respond to this through communion. And I want to remind you that Hebrews 3 says that for the joy set before Christ, he endured the cross. Can you imagine? With joy, he faced the cross for you and he faced the cross for me and he is the greatest provider of our hope. And for that, I am grateful. Let's pray. God, I thank you for our time together. I thank you that you are the greatest provider that our hope, that we we can trust in you. We can trust in you our entire life. Whether our year has been the trashiest dumpster fire and it has been so hard to salvage one ounce of anything good from the carnage or whether we've been refined and grown closer to you or our friends or our community whatever our year has looked like you're not a God who changes during the circumstances you're a provider of hope and it does not change the fact that you went to the cross for us so that we could know you and that we could have life and life abundantly so we thank you for that Jesus Pray that you'd be with everybody here who has just joined us in this message today. Pray all these things, Lord, in your name, amen.
0: Thank you for joining us this week on the Crossroads Grace podcast. If you enjoyed this message, please rate us and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. If you are interested in getting involved in our community or want to find out more information, visit us online at crossroadsgrace.org. Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Grace podcast.